Hey, it's Jed Hearn, host of Wizards, Warriors, and Words. If you're enjoying the writing advice on this show, you might like my new podcast, The Jed Hearn Show, where every week I share the best fantasy writing advice that I've learned from publishing three fantasy novels and a best-selling video game. There's over 12 episodes that you can listen to right away, including my top 10 fantasy books of all time, how to make fantasy names that don't suck, two rules that make writing effortless, and my complete summaries of Brandon Sanderson's and Neil Gaiman's writing classes, and much more. Check it out by searching for The Jed Hearn Show in your podcast app. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. I think what's really cool about that is that when you have been in two different characters' perspectives for, say, 200 pages, and then suddenly they're overlapping and they're wanting different things. The level of conflict and tension that you can get in your story is way higher than if you were just in one character's point of view. Hello and welcome back to the podcast. I'm Jed Hearn, author of Across the Broken Stars, and I am joined today by my fellow writers, starting with Rob Hayes. Hello, I'm Rob Hayes, author of, uh, we'll go with Titanhoppers, because uh, the paperback has just been released, so I haven't got one yet, because awful <sighs> copies take a ridiculously long time to arrive, to be honest, but there we go, yeah, Titanhoppers, the progression great, science fantasy novel. Great freaking book, too. I just finished it a couple of weeks ago. Thank you. And that's Dirk Ashton. Yes, I am Dirk Ashton, <laughs> author of the Paternus Trilogy. And lastly, Michael R. Fletcher. Ooh, that's me, Michael R. Fletcher. I am author of uh, Beyond Redemption and the Manifest Delusions books. And today we're going to be talking a little bit about writing multiple points of view. So I guess we should maybe start this off with just like a really basic definition of, yeah, what this means. Does anyone want to kind of just provide a, a rough overview of multiple what we're talking points about? Points of view is when you have a book that features multiple points of view. Great circular definition. <laughs> yeah. All right, moving along quickly. Genius. Then. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's, it's when you write your book um, from the perspectives of multiple different characters, basically. Yeah. Fantastic. Usually Thank that you for takes... providing a definition that actually defines yeah. the topic. Yeah, usually, um, usually it's you're following one person in one chapter, then another person in other chapters, um, and other people in other chapters, or you can have a little break and uh and have you know different you know three or four characters even perspectives points of view in one chapter um multiple pov books game of thrones is one of the biggest yep perfect um, example uh joe abercrombie does it with um 
with uh, the blade itself um, and both trilogies in that in that group um, and uh, the uh, um, I'm reading uh, Christian Cameron's um, The Red Knight right now, and I think he has more POVs than Martin does in Game of Thrones. It's crazy how many. I have heard that. I've heard a lot of people say that the point of views get kind of out of hand in that series. (laughs) Wow, there are a lot. It's a great book, but man, there are a lot. Yeah, so what are some, uh, I guess, like a lot of us have written books that have only one character's point of view. Um, and actually, all, Dirk, all of your books have multiple points of view, right? I have multiple points of view, but I use an omniscient where I zoom in and out and I will have different points of view paragraph to paragraph. Um, it happens more in the first book than in the other books, but it still happens. Um, so, yes, I do have multiple points of view, but I do it in a very different kind of way that some people really do not like. And some very people old, love. Very old school so. fantasy, though. I kind of miss Omniscient. Yeah. I want to try it again someday. Um, um, omniscient. I've never done it. Where you could just jump from inner thought to inner thoughts, from character to character, was, mm. was standard for decades. Um, and then writers and readers got lazy. Or, wait, uh, different. I wouldn't say better, but tastes and styles changed. So, um, yeah, I mean, if you go to the first June book, that's omniscient. So, that's probably the biggest, yeah. biggest example out there. There's, there's definitely Rob? a sort of, um, the, the, the sort of genre of book quite often defines it like, I think sword and sorcery, um, books were very often, um, omniscient point of views, weren't they? Um, whereas a lot of the epic fantasies that, that started coming out in the sort of like seventies onwards, they started going more towards the, uh, more tight sort of focused single character point of views, but multiple characters, I think rather than omniscient, like second, no third person, isn't it? Yeah. But that's perspective rather than point of view. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I guess it'd be good to get into some of the advantages and disadvantages of this and maybe our own experience with with writing these things. So, Mike, do you want to maybe start us off on that? Yeah, uh, I mean, the one great advantage of multiple points of view is it's an opportunity to show more of the world. So if you've got a, you know, a world where there are, there's a caste system or there are nice parts and there are shitty parts, it's great to have one character, you know, who's sort of growing up in the lap of luxury and another character who is sort of slumming the pits of, uh, uh, poverty. Um, and so you can, you can sort of show more of the world. Um, and I mean that for me, the, the great, I, I love multiple points of view, uh, because it's always a, a chance to train wreck two stories. I, I like to start with them with all the POVs separate the characters in different parts of the world. And, you know, at first the, the reader has no fucking idea why. And uh, soon you, you, you start seeing that they're all heading to the same spot. Uh, you know, everyone with their sort of different goals. And um, you get this sort of like 
you know, a little foreknowledge that um that things are going to go badly for somebody or everybody when all these different characters sort of finally uh collide. You know, your so your point, literary hero, really good way to uh, Brandon conflict. Sanderson, does a thing like that. It's called the Sanderlanch. Yeah, where all the point of views just yeah kind of coalesce and and yep. shift between. Honestly, yep. that's almost more I, I similar to that. what Dirk does, where like. <laughs> You know, if you read the end of like a Sanderson book, they are almost switching point of views every couple of pa- paragraphs almost because they're trying to create that like that uh, extremely rapid, you know, sense of a movie cutting between all these different scenes as they're leading up to a big climactic conclusion. Um, yeah. So maybe Dirk, you're the one that influenced him more there. Yeah. No. Take credit. Um, I wish. <laughs> to your point, Mike, I think that whole train wreck method. Uh, why did I say a method? That was method. Weird. Um, the whole train wreck method. Is that an Australian thing? We don't, we don't <laughs> know. Could they just gloss past that? We'd be like, Australians say I think method? I was weird. trying Damn. to say mythology and then methodology, but then that sounded too pretentious. So I just I just bailed. You, just, <laughs> well, you know what? All in on the pretentious method. <laughs> yes. Method. Um, yeah, From so the Latin. I think what's really cool about that is that <laughs> when you have been in two different characters' perspectives for, say, 200 pages, and then suddenly they're overlapping and they're wanting different things. The level of conflict and tension that you can get in your story is way higher than if you were just in one character's point of view because you have an attachment to both of these people, you have some sympathy towards both of their goals and you understand what they want and why they want it. And you realize that in a lot of situations, maybe only one of them can actually succeed. So there's just so much tension and conflict built into that as opposed to if you're just always in one character's head, uh, I mean, you do this in Blackstone High and it's sort of the point of those books is that, you know, because you're always in Crayon's head, you always like sort of want what he wants, even though sometimes it's, well, even though most of the times it's, uh, it's terrible. arguably terrible. Um, but yeah, be- because you just aren't in other characters' perspectives, you have less sympathy towards what they want. So yeah, I think that ability to kind of generate extra conflict um, and also to make the world feel more, I guess, like morally dubious as well, because if you're in one character's perspective and they are wanting this thing and they think that this is the kind of moral and just thing to do, and then you switch to another character and they actually want the total opposite, you as the reader now have to figure out how to kind of match up these two disparaging worldviews. Um, and I think that's why, you know, A Song of Ice and Fire is so amazing because yeah, all these different characters want different things. And you realize that, oh, there maybe is not one one true worldview here that they're operating off. Or they all want the same thing, but they have different ways of going about it. Mm, yeah. Exactly. One, you know, multiple point of view or singular point of view um, books, no, neither one is better than the other. No. It really just depends on the story that you want to tell. Um, you'll be able to tell really quickly what kind of story you want to tell. Um, actually, we were having this conversation with a bunch of writer friends in a, in a group just very recently, and um, we came up with things like, um, you know, you don't want to introduce, you don't want to introduce 12 POVs in 12 mm. different chapters at the very beginning of the book. You can end up with 12 POVs, but you, you only want to introduce so many so fast, and then you want to spread it out. But you don't, you also, 
have to be careful. You don't want to get halfway through a, you know, 253,000 word novel and suddenly switch and have a new POV. Um, that can be dangerous. It could be done well. Um, I can't think of a example where I've seen that, but there may be a reason for that. Um, Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello? Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. And, uh, but, you know, that's really the only advice i have on multiple povs it it can you definitely yeah, want to be, maybe get be wary some, of oh sorry rob you go sorry yeah you definitely be wary of, no, of introducing too many points of views too quickly um but I, I don't think there's necessarily an upper limit on the number of point of views a story can actually have um you know you, you look at some of the big epic fantasies and they, they they roll upwards of sort of like 20 30 points of view by the end of like the end of the whole thing the, end yeah. of the series you, so i don't think there's a limit there have, but i mean there are little tricks uh you can do cheats if you were if you want to to help sort of introduce characters i i, I find i mean it doesn't work with sort of the sort of thing that uh fletcher likes to do where he likes to have them all over the place and then converging. But if you've got multiple different characters that are rolling around on like the same quest or whatever, you can introduce the characters via other characters' point of views first so that the reader already feels attached to them by the time that they get their own point of view chapter coming along. So it's less, it's less jarring to suddenly find themselves in the head of a new character. Um, Cause they're not, they're just, they're in the head, in the head of a character that they already know at that point. Um, it just sort of helps to uh, 
introduce pe- introduce the reader slowly, more slowly to to the points of you know the the points of view characters that you're trying to to give them to tell the story via. On that note as well, um, I think another really powerful aspect of multiple points of view is that it allows you to filter the world through different characters' perspectives. So like, you know, a really simple example here is that let's say one of your characters is from the desert and they are in a city and they just see like, I don't know, an, an open well in the middle of the city or whatever. And they would probably be stunned by this and would probably describe it in great detail and be like very fascinated that someone would just leave all this water out in the middle of the city. Whereas someone who has grown up in that city probably doesn't even notice it in their narration and their description. So that's like a really easy way to your point, Rob, to kind of distinguish between these different points of view, because what you kind of want to avoid is having these points of view sound very similar to each other, because if it's the same character, more or less in all your different perspectives, then it kind of does broker the question of why am I having to see this from three different people who are all, I don't know, who are all like farmers and they're all named John or something like that. It's uh, probably not going to be as interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Whereas if one is like a farmer and then one is like, you know, some assassin from the city and then one is from this like other country or whatever, then, okay, now you've got a bit more variation and um, complexity between it. Um, you can do some really nice the other things thing I was with, say as with well voice that, for the characters as well if you're doing that sort of thing. Yes. So yeah. if each character has a completely yeah, different absolutely. voice, it, it give, it's almost like writing three different stories, but in one, you can really have mm. a lot of fun with like one character might be witty and sarcastic even in their sort of narration and the other one might be very dour or whatever. And it just gives you a lot of, a lot of scope to play with. Yes. And yeah, trying to distinguish and um, differentiate those voices is, is quite important as well. Um, another thing that can be really useful, particularly when you have, let's say, multiple point of view characters who are all going to experience the same scene together, is something that I quite often ask myself is, which point of view character will experience this scene in the most interesting way? So, for example, if you have, let's say there's two characters, they're both point of view, one of them is like an undercover spy, and the other one is just like a regular soldier or something. And let's say they're both going to a meeting with this this higher up in the army or whatever. And you can choose either one of these characters to tell that scene from. But chances are there'll be one character that will have a much more conflicting, like tension-filled experience of that scene. Let's say it's the undercover spy. And so it makes sense to kind of like shift that point of view to be told from that character in that chapter. And then as you go back to other chapters as well, you can, you know, just ask yourself like, who is going to experience more conflict and who is this scene yeah, really going to affect more? Um, how do you guys kind of go about picking, let's say you have like three point of view characters and they're all in the same scene together. How do you kind of go about picking whose perspective you're going to filter that scene through? Mm, like, do you have any specific approaches a, or is it just a good question? I remember a gut reaction thing. I remember wondering if I needed to actually space them out in a really regular way, if I had one chapter from one point of view or in one location, did I need to switch for the next one? How long or short they should be? And the answer was, and in the best books I read, it's do whatever works for the story. Yeah, exactly. If you need three chapters from one of the characters' POVs, just do it. And then just one chapter from another one, just do it. But how do you choose? 
depends on the story and how much I want to happen because each POV, if especially if they're in a different location, has a different um, has its own story arc, right? It always does, and it generally always coalesces with other POVs at some point, or at least some of them. So you have this arc of what they're doing. And, you know, when I wrote my first, the first Paternus book, I wrote each POV arc at a time. And then I intercut them and then smoothed out the transitions. Um, and that worked very well for me. Um, and I did some of that in, um, like, especially for big sequences in book two. But then the more I wrote, the more I had a better, I've had a, I had a better idea of kind of how to do that as I went along. So I didn't have to think about it so much. Yeah. And I will say, if you're writing a book with multiple POVs, a few of your characters, at some point you're going to have this brilliant idea where you're going to want to write the same scene, uh, the exactly the same scene from one character's point of view, and then do the same scene from another character's point of view. um, And don't. Just don't do it. It's it's not that I it can't Sometimes work, that's awesome. But it almost always sucks. Uh, and the reader is going to be bored because they already know what's happening. Um, almost one, always yeah, you're going to be better disagree. off. I think if you look at just the battle sequence in right, the heroes. I'm not, like I said, it's not that it can't happen. It's not that it can't work. But if you're not a fan-fucking-tastic writer with a really good vision... It's not going to work. It's going to it's going to be boring. Also, you're much better off to write that scene for one POV and then move on. Yeah, the heroes continues on. Yeah, yeah I guess it, uh, the I heroes guess is multiple different is like perspectives, replaying the same scene over and over again. One timeline, but the, yeah. they're in they're uh, yeah. sequential, right? In timeline, yeah. they're yes. not actually overlapping. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So what I'm I saying have, is, oh, I, okay, I, I have read, I have read books that do that. And you it can. was neat once or twice, but I don't want to see it through the whole freaking book. That keeps no. happening again and again. And you have um, to have like a, an reading. amazing reason or, or just, just I mean, one, do it. One thing that I thought Martin did that was brilliant in, um, in uh, Game of Thrones was he would start one of those big elaborate dinner scenes from one perspective, then continue that dinner scene from another perspective, then continue that dinner scene from another perspective. He didn't retell it, Mm. but it might overlap a little bit as one of them started. And I really liked the way he did that because very often I'd be flipping a page going, is it going to be one of the POVs? I just don't give a shit about at this point. You know, Run. three or four books in. And there was also <laughs> something he did that I would never recommend was which one of the books, maybe three, uh, where you simply don't hear from a bunch of your favorite characters for the entire 450,000 words. Um, well, you don't. yeah, I mean, they, that was because he split disappeared. the uh, yeah. the two books, wasn't it? So, like, he, he decided that you're going to have all of the these characters' point of views in this book, and then the next book would be all of these characters' point of views. Um, but the problem was that he, he bunched them weirdly, so all of the point of views that you got in this book four or whatever it was, nobody wanted any of those characters. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, yeah. Awesome. All right, well, um, 
that's probably a good point to wrap it up there. So yeah, thanks for uh, thanks for your thoughts on different multiple points of view. I guess the main takeaway, as always, is like there are no hard and fast rules here. Do what feels right for your story, and feel free to adjust as you go along. So thank you for listening or watching. Bye, everybody. Ciao. Bye. Bye. Thank you for listening or watching to this episode of Wizards, Warriors, and Words. If you like what we're doing here and you would help, like to help support the show, please go to patreon.com forward slash wizards, warriors, and words. And for a monthly subscription, you can get access to bonus episodes that you can't find anywhere else. Currently, we have five bonus episodes up there and we're going to be adding more in the future. So you can check that out. The link is down below if you would like to have a look. And special thanks to our high tier patrons, Talon, Daniel, and Lewis. Thank you for helping support the show. We'll see you next week. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started.